Hello, everybody. Welcome. This is Ian Hand for AP Radio, and we're talking the truth, justice, and Ian Hand way. We're talking about the truth behind your favorite characters from the comic book realm and the real-life monsters that created them. The get some justice for those people, specifically like people like Bill Finger, who were wrongly brought by Bob Kane, the villain who created Batman. But also we're going to give justice to anybody who has been wronged in this lovely community that we have going for us. And we're going to do it Ian Hand's way, so that means no politics, no religion, and all that other jive. You don't like it? Go somewhere else. Please don't go anywhere else. We need the views. All right, guys, sorry. I got a little uh, messed up and stuff, so got a lot of uh, learning to do. But now I feel like I think I got everything, so only this mic would cooperate with me. I think we're good now. All right, cool. All right, so we're already two and a half minutes into the show, and I'm already tripping over my feet. So what did I do this week? All right. What did I do this week? Well, it's been about a couple of... It's been a little bit of progress, right? Uh, I got a name for my show instead of just saying, oh, this is Ian Han talking for two hours about shit. There's that. Also, I have a Twitter account and stuff like that. If you want to go follow me, it's at Ian Hand, I-A-N-H-A-N-D, 11, the number 11. If you see a cappuccino cat, who on earth are you texting this loud right now, mister? My God. I have the decency to have vibrate on. <sighs> anyway, so if you see the little cappuccino cat label, it's a little picture of a cat in the shape of a coffee uh, cup. That's me. And uh, if you see my little uh, guy, uh, his name is uh, also Ultra Instinct Shaggy as my background. So, yeah, we're going to run that shit into the ground until he gets into uh, Mortal Kombat. Woo! All right. So, besides that... I had 10 followers so far, so please bring that number up. Bring it up. Bring it up. All right, so what else happened in the last 10 days? Besides that, we have, if you're living in the Midwest like me, you're dealing with some extremely bitter cold temperatures. Oh, my God. Is it terrible? Is it absolutely terrible? I just, it's it was disgusting. I mean, I remember it was like December, and I'm like, man, I love this green Christmas shit. But I know where we're gonna get hard, hit hard in January, and my God, we we almost tied, uh, we almost beat the record of uh, the coldest day of the year. I mean, of, of Chicago history of uh, January twentieth, nineteen eighty-five. Then <sighs> that was negative thirty-seven degrees before the wind chill kicked in. Of course, we beat it obviously with wind chill, but it was negative thirty-seven before wind chill, so it was like almost like negative fifty out there. Hopefully, nobody had to brave the elements too damn bad. But now it's going to be like 50 degrees tomorrow with thunderstorms and stuff. So, you know, yeah, global warming ain't real, right? Or climate change specifically isn't real. It's it's going to be 50 degrees after it was negative 50. That's a 100 degree difference, people. 100 degrees, right, dog? Right. All right. Besides that, um, I also celebrate, I also went to uh, 97 points, won the drive percents, the bacon bash in Elmhurst uh, last Saturday. Right before it got bitterly cold, I decided to glutton myself and destroy my entire New Year's resolutions in one day. It took 25 days of actually trying my best to uh, lose weight and stuff and work out. All it took was four hours in bacon to destroy it. So uh, we went to Elmhurst with my uh, with my mom, my godmother, and my uncle, who's decided the idea whose idea was it the whole time. So thanks, Uncle Pat. It was really fun. A lot of really prestigious um, restaurants came from there, specifically like Michael Jordan's restaurant, uh, Eddie and Lee's, I don't know if anyone knows that, but Miller's, Owl House, just a whole bunch of Chicago and Chicagoland-based businesses. Some of the places were really cool and had some really unique um, uh, things to offer. Like um, there was this place, I, I can't believe I forgot their name, but they had this thing called the Drunken Corny. It was a piece of bacon wrapped pork sausage wrapped around with like hot Chicago hot dog toppings. So like they had tomato and uh, I think it was either pepper or cucumber, but it was like per it tasted just like Chicago style. Cause I don't know what they do to those uh, vegetables down in Chicago, but I love it. 
And they also had bacon, stout, mustard, which I like bacon, I like stout, and I like mustard, so throw all that crap together, and you got yourself a divine condiment. And they put the son of a bitch on a stick, which basically meant an invitation for me to get as much of this crap as I possibly can, and oh my god, did I get enough of that crap. If only I actually cared enough to vote, I would have voted for best dish on that end. And there was also some stuff that was actually pretty, uh... Hey, Josh, can you close the door for me? Thank you. Sorry, guys, I was just closing the door. We had some echoing problems, so probably should have opened with that uh, to close the door. But anyway, so there was also some pretty disappointing ones. Like, there was this place called Pasta Passion, and, like, they had nothing to do with bacon. It was just some mediocre pasta, and I'm like, holy shit, this stuff is disgusting. And uh, they also had this, else. they also had this, like, really cool, like, weird sausage hot dog thing. It was like this pork sausage wrapped in what I can only describe as like a um, calzone-like dough. It was really thick, and it, like apparently they're trying to say it had bacon dust on it. I didn't taste any bacon on this thing. It was just really good. I think they thought like bacon bash meant like anything pork-related at all. So little did you know that it wasn't the point that wasn't the case at all holy crap it was good still but uh the one of the most disappointing ones was michael jordan's restaurant i had never been to michael jordan's restaurant before and apparently everyone's been talking about how good it is and stuff but then like you get there you wait in line they give you a little dixie cup of fucking salad with a tiny piece of bacon in it and i'm like really i waited five fucking minutes for this shit and uh yeah I did. I mean, the bacon was okay, but, like, that was the best part of the salad, and the salad was, like, anything you could find, like, the buffet section at Pizza Hut. So, basically, not really that great, in my personal opinion. All right. So, what else happened for me? Oh, yeah, I also won a Led Zeppelin tribute band ticket to get the Led out in, uh, at the Rosemont Theater this March. That was really cool. Um, I was just sitting down there, just minding my own business, and, like, oh, crap, Ian Han won tickets. So I had to run back into the lounge area because there wasn't any chairs in the actual event room. So I had to run back in there, and they're like, Ian Hand, Ian Hand, please wave your, wave your hands, get it? And I'm like, really, guys? Come on. I do the hand jokes. No one else does it. It makes me mad when uh, someone else does it. So whatever. Whatever, nerds. So in general... That was pretty fun. Uh, the tickets, I'm probably going to go with my uh, wife-to-be, Andrea, so hopefully she likes to get the let out. If not, too bad. We're going anyway. It's a cute date night. Concerts make great date nights. Guys, take notes, I think. I don't know. I, this is my first concert with my with, uh, with my girlfriend, so little do I know. Right, Josh? Right. All right, cool. So what else happened? Also, due to the weather... We, uh, in the midst of all this bad weather, we do have some pretty good news. The government's actually open. Holy crap. I'm not going to get into politicalness, obviously, but at the same time, I just want to say for all those people who went to work, despite the fact that they weren't getting paid, God bless you. You guys are really the true MVPs of this nation. Going in when you're going in for free. That's, that's absolutely amazing. You know, I feel bad for all the 800,000 people who didn't have a paycheck for the last couple of weeks. You know, hopefully uh, you guys get back on your feet. I'll be praying for you, so pray for me to get a job. I am broke. Please hire me. Um, also, I've been looking for just a job in general. Hasn't been really working out. Uh, if you know anybody who uh, needs somebody who uh, can talk, I can talk you to death. If you, if you need a mobster, if a mobster organization looking for someone to talk someone to death, I am your man. I will talk anyone to death if you want me to. I don't care. I just need to pay bills, man. It's it's rough out here, especially in the cold. Man, I miss pizza. Anyway, the combat cast was also pretty, uh, you know, it was actually pretty, the combat cast, which is something that another realm was doing for their uh, anniversary of Mortal Kombat, and they were going to release some new characters and stuff, but unfortunately it was delayed due to the weather. Isn't that just crappy? I didn't even know they had it in the Midwest, which, I mean... Hey, cool that uh, we're getting Midwest representation. But I think it was, I believe it was delayed. Uh, it was supposed to come out on the 30th. 
because that was the anniversary of the first Mortal Kombat being released. I'm pulling some stuff up now, but my phone doesn't want to cooperate with me today. But, uh, oh, it's coming. It's a coming. Jesus Christ, this is just a disastrous second episode, right, dog? Get your head out of the garbage. All right. Anyway, it's been delayed to the February 5th, so if you guys actually want to check out some stuff from Mortal Kombat 11, just just keep watching. It's going to be a live stream event. I believe WB Games is a pretty good way to do it on Twitch. But, of course, Combat Cast is pretty fun. It's a nice little anniversary thing. No, 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 don't load now. You had your chance, motherfucker. Anyway, the next thing that I like is uh, to talk about... We actually did get a Mortal Kombat release character um, in an event for Brazil... Lifelong veteran Kano, the Australian uh, mercenary with a laser eye and the throwing knobs. He's back. That's cool. They also released a uh, costume showcasing some kind of weird Brazilian-like pirate outfit for the character. Apparently they're doing this uh, region-specific free costumes for certain characters. Like Scarlet has gotten a uh, kind of a, uh, looks like a Cold War-looking outfit for Russian people so if you have an account if you want to be a Russian bot just to get that free sick costume I think you should do it obviously these are probably going to be available during launch but who knows I sure as hell don't but we'll find out when the game drops on uh, April 23rd and some other funny uh, fighting game related news uh, Jump Force just added some more characters uh, last couple of weeks more specifically who cares about the Dragon Quest character am I right haha <laughs> no one cares um, but Jojo's Bizarre Adventure characters Jotro, Kujo, and the main antagonist of the series, Dio, both from their Part 3 version of Stardust Crusaders, have been announced for Jump Force. Jump Force is a fun little 3v3 tag team battle uh, royale kind of game. Just kind of smack it out between your favorite uh, anime and manga characters. For those who don't know, Jojo Bizarre Adventure is my favorite anime slash manga series, so that's pretty cool. I finally got some representation to my own... Uh, series and uh my friend josh is just looming behind me what's up buddy okay Okay, i think he was gonna murder me or something jesus okay okay oh he's taking a picture of me okay okay that's all that's that's all i needed to know that he was taking a picture of me without my permission fair enough anyway so that was kind of fun to uh see that go out but obviously, uh, Jump Force, I think, comes out February 15th. So to anybody out there who doesn't have a sweetheart, you can always spend $60 on Jump Force. Please do. It looks like a really fun game. I played the uh, closed beta. It was pretty fun. I just hope that uh, it's something that you guys are into. But obviously support all random fighting games, both anime-related and also just overall good fighting games. Uh, besides that, I don't think really anything else happened that was so damn important this week in terms of pop culture or anything I like. Hmm. Oh, yeah, just this morning, apparently it broke that Ben Affleck is officially done being Batman in the DC Extended Universe, and Matt Reeves, the director, has officially caught up the project, and it should be releasing sometime in June 2021, if you guys still care about that movie. If you don't, who cares? Yeah, basically that's kind of the main crux of the topic today. Um, on January 18th, a couple days before my first official show, I saw this little uh, article in uh, comsmicbook.news. And it says that Justice League DCAU is dead. And for those who don't know what that technically means, basically DC and a bunch of executives over there were talking about that they're no longer doing the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the MCU formula, which basically was get a bunch of characters, solo movies that are superheroes that are both popular to them or just popular in general, and then make the superhero team up kind of thing and then kind of grow off in your own direction. Obviously, DC kind of did a little bit more of a rushed thing of that due to kind of keep up with Marvel. And they got five movies, starting with Man of Steel. That was supposed to be kind of a standalone movie that Zack Snyder and Christopher Nolan were making together. But then DC saw it, thought of it as, yeah, let's do this or something like that. And then, uh, of course, then we got Batman to be Superman, Dawn of Justice, and then we got Suicide Squad, and then we got Wonder Woman, and then finally Justice League. I don't know if they're considering Aquaman, but since it did so successful and it was kind of different from the Zack Snyder-verse of uh, DC movies, apparently it looks like that's going to be kind of different. And we're going to be focusing on something very moving forward. So... 
as unfortunate as that might be for some people, but a lot of people are probably thinking, well, great, because DC movies sucked, right? I'm like, not really. I think the DC movies are actually pretty cool. Oh, really? I, I, no. Is it still someone that can't hear me? I mean, like, my mic's going. Son of a bitch. Let me try that now. Is everything better? I mean, like, I don't know how much louder I can possibly be. I'm just trying my best not to keep doing my P sounds into the microphone. I don't know. But, obviously... Oh, that might be a little bit better. I'm just keeping going, keeping going. Oh, man. I can't have my headphones like this all the time. Man, it's loud as hell. Oh, yeah, thanks. Well, that sounds actually a lot better. A lot more clearer and crisper. I think I just need to keep talking more. All right. Oh, you hear me? All right, cool. All right. Anyway, so... What was I talking about? Oh, yeah. But since they're doing stuff like that, they're kind of kind of moving in a different direction. So specifically, stuff like Aquaman was the big project that they're working on. And now, since they've made over a billion dollars, they're thinking like, okay, let's just do a whole different kind of selection. We're going from Aquaman, now we're doing stuff like Shazam and uh, Wonder Woman 84, which I think is a, supposedly a sequel to this original Wonder Woman movie, but now that... It's technically quote-unquote dead. They don't know anymore. So with DC continuously tripping over their feet with two different Joker-based movies coming out sometime soon, one starring Joaquin Phoenix that should be adapting loosely the Killing Joke story, and one with uh, Jared Leto with Harley Quinn and stuff like that, I don't know anymore. I'm honestly confused at a loss for words and stuff like that. Not to mention that the Birds of Prey movie looks so stupid. I don't know. I think DC in general uh, had a pretty cool idea of what they wanted. And now it's like they kind of just dropped everything because it's like, oh, something didn't work. Hmm. He's thinking here, you know, so you're good. Yeah. But yeah, so basically what I'm trying to talk about is that I don't really like this statement at all. I might say something that's pretty controversial. So the second, this entire first episode is going to be talking about the DC Extended Universe or Worlds DC or the Snyderverse, whichever you want to call it, and talking about specifically why I like this universe a lot. And these five movies that people have been completely dumping on, I feel like it's a little unjustified. That's just me, though, but obviously I don't get paid the big bucks, right? Oh my god, that feels so much better. Whew! Hearing my own echo is kind of blaring at first. Oh my god, I can finally hear myself think again. Alright guys, so we're going to be talking about these five movies and kind of give you a little bit of a quick rundown on why I think these movies are great. Oh, and before we get started, I wanted to say I'm sorry, uh, I kind of skipped over some stuff, but this is only going to be about a 60 to about maybe 90 minute show today. I don't really know for sure. I kind of just want to experiment around with some stuff. And if we get a bigger following or people want to hear me talk for more than just 60 minutes, please let me know on both our AP radio um, uh, social media or my social media. Give me some advice some some pointers, whatever you want to do. It, the world is your oyster. Am I right? Right. All right. Anyway, so kind of just wanted to give you guys a little bit of a tidbit so you don't have to go through a whole snooze fest. So the DC Extended Universe, which we're going to call it that because I don't like the other name. Worlds of DC, that's so dumb. But the DC Extended Universe was an unofficial name that a lot of fans gave it, and it comprised of the five movies that I was talking about. Ooh, I just saw my uh, volume go red. Sorry, folks. Don't want to blow your eardrums with this beautiful voice of mine. Anyway, so what Worlds of DC... So, oh, God, I'm just starting to say it. They got me. I've been poisoned. But, so basically what Worlds of DC was supposed to be doing that other story, other, the other Marvel Cinematic Universe was supposed to do was kind of just play catch-up. Zack Snyder's project with Man of Steel wasn't supposed to be this beginning. It wasn't supposed to be anything more than just a standalone movie and deconstruction of a superhero. But then they decided to give Zack Snyder the keys to the kingdom and decided to make it become the executive producer and the main writer and the main director for... The entire DC Universe, which is kind of an interesting and risky choice because, for the most part, most of these movies were done by, in the Marvel, were done by a different sort of directors. Sure, like, certain characters and certain directors had those characters to work with, like John Favreau did Iron Man 1 and Iron Man 2, 
But due to the actual low success rate of Iron Man 2, despite that actually being one of my favorite uh, Iron Man movies, it was basically direct. It was changed to Shane Black after the Avengers, but basically for the most part, they kind of kept in line with the same director, the same directors, like Joss Whedon. He had the Avengers movies. Basically, up until now, like uh, from Winter Soldier to basically uh, Infinity War, even to Endgame right now, the we uh, the Russo brothers have basically been in charge of everything. They've been doing Winter Soldier, Civil War. Infinity War and Endgame, and I believe that they're probably not going to be done anytime soon since their contracts are probably just, they're probably worth billions of dollars apiece, just like how Kevin Feige is just rolling in money like Screws McDuck is. So, yeah, that's pretty crazy. But besides all that, besides being backed by Disney and all that other stuff, like, they kind of had their own little formula, and they might have taken some risks, but at the same time, they didn't really do that much. More than just, okay, we're going to be doing this now, and whatever. But at the end of the day, it was something that was like, it was a formula. You can kind of tell how each Marvel movie, for the most part, is going to go, especially after the uh, second, of, after the, like really the first Avengers movie. And I think it started getting really kind of rough, and I don't really know how to say it at all, but at the end of the day, I really kind of just hope that, you know, they just kind of find their own footing, because whenever they do, when actually they have a director that takes risks, so I know that uh, Paul doesn't like uh, Thor Ragnarok, but I think it was actually pretty, uh, pretty uh, risky and yet pretty payoffable uh, choice to kind of turn Thor into a different direction because the other four, the other two Thor movies just weren't doing successful, no matter how much they were probably good to some people. It's like Marvel has to go with the money, but like they're not doing anything unique at all. Oh hey, how's it going? Okay, I'm not letting you bother me. What, what, oh. oh, I appreciate you helping me out. I mean, he... still have reverb in your ears? A little bit. That's why I took the headphones off. <laughs> I mean, you just put my headphones on. I took them off for my own precaution. So I'm going to be talking right now. Hello. Yeah. How's it go? I'll try it now. All right. Oh, man, that feels so much better. <laughs> I bet. Oh God, I am again. Like this is the tripping over my feet uh, official first or second episode, but uh, man, that feels so much better. I don't have a pounding headache anymore. I can actually hear myself think. This is awesome. I love it. But yeah, so we were talking about the Marvel movies, and I'm sorry that I keep cutting in and out. We're just basically still trying to find my footing here. I'm kind of like going in here, kind of sort of blind, but. All right. Yep. Okay, we're going. I just want to make sure. I just don't know if I'm doing anything wrong. What's up, dog? Okay, bye, dog. Anyway, so what the DC movies did was basically trying to kiss, play this stupid catch-up game. And I know I said that before, but I really want to emphasize that it wasn't because they were doing it because they wanted to do it. They weren't trying to do something that was like an experiment. They were basically saying, like, okay, this worked for Marvel, so let's see if it works for us. And then Man of Steel, that was supposed to be this really nice one-shot film, became like the Iron Man when it wasn't going to be Iron Man. Like, Marvel knew Iron Man was going to lead to the Avengers, but it we didn't they, didn't they didn't know that Man of Steel was supposed to lead into the Justice League. And it's like, oh, God. So I can obviously understand why people are trying to think like this. They're obviously tripping over their feet because... In Dawn of Justice, they have, like, Wonder Woman kind of sandwiched in there when it's basically Batman and Superman's movie. Kind of like they're trying to do a sequel to Man of Steel, an origin story for Batman, and then a first appearance for Wonder Woman, and then trying to shoehorn a whole Justice League in at the same time showcasing that they exist. Which is kind of fun, but even, like, I had to say, like, those are some pretty painstaking, some Easter, those are pretty, some pretty painstaking Easter eggs to sit through as Wonder Woman goes through each one of those files. Basically, what they're trying to tell you is that we're trying to settle these movies as fast as we can. But at the same time, it was kind of like this fun little experiment. Because that's what I feel like that DC was doing. It was an experiment of their own to see, can we do Marvel's formula? Can we tweak it? And I want to say yes, and we're going to give you three reasons why. When they tweaked it, it actually worked out pretty well. And anyone who didn't like it, I feel like they just didn't get it. Because I got it pretty quickly. All right, so the three things I want to talk about are the universe that it's set that Zack Snyder specifically sets up is actually pretty interesting and probably one of the most interesting pieces 
of DC lore I've ever seen in my life. The characters who belong in that world were actually done pretty well for that world. Like, MCU Iron Man is a little different from Iron Man in the comics, at least when he starts out. So you can basically tell that even though MCU Iron Man is the mainstream Iron Man, he's definitely a lot different from Tony Stark from Earth-616 because that's not the Marvel Universe that the MCU operates on. Basically, I'm going to nerd you guys out real quick because I know Marvel's universe is a lot better than DC's when it could because their numbers are simple. The D, the Marvel Universe operates on this little weird thing. It's 616 is the original mainstream Marvel Universe. So basically, when you see Amazing Fantasy number 15 or the first appearance of Spider-Man, the first appearance of Iron Man, the, vice versa, and all that other jive, that'll be the mainstream Marvel Universe. So if I ever say 616 again... That's what I'm talking about, okay? I know it's kind of hard, and I know it's a little hard. It's a little bit of a kind of a struggle for people who are like, okay, what did you just fucking say? I, I understand. I get it. It's kind of hard. It's hard to digest and stuff like that. But yeah, so we have all that. We have all these pieces together. So let's talk about the actual universe that Zack Snyder set up. So let's talk about Man of Steel since that's the crux of it. Since it's supposed to be an original individual project. Zack Snyder got complete control over Superman. And instead of making this really hopeful kind of character, he's this lost soul. He's a guy who's all like, I don't know what I want from this world. I don't know what I want in general. He's a little bit, like, lost. And I like that lost feeling that he has. I know I've been saying lost a lot, but I kind of want to just get these ideas in your head because people apparently thought these movies were confusing when in general, like, you can find out exactly what these characters are feeling by looking at their faces. Henry Cavill did a really good job as portraying this Man of Steel who was completely lost and hopeless and thought that everyone was against him. Basically, it's not everything is good, everything is awesome. It's more of like, you have these powers, you freak. Oh my god, get out of here. Basically, it's taking the whole immigration tale and just ramping it up to something different. Like, he didn't even know he came from another planet. So it's like, he's a dreamer on, like, a galactic level like holy crap like he just woke up one day and it's like oh yeah by the way you're not human you're not even from this planet you're like a super immigrant and he's like shit so basically he's just trying to fit in and like even his like adopted parents are doing their best and even he still feels like i'm alone i'm lost i'm alone i don't know what to do with myself and that's pretty cool and then he finds out he's supposed to be this savior this kind of bridge between krypton for what it was and now earth this new home of his he gets this cool suit he finds out he can fly and all this other cool stuff and he pushes himself and then like 30 seconds later it's like okay now you got to go save your mom in the world from these guys who are just as strong as you but now they're military trained and i'm like oh okay so basically that's the entire thing right there if you watch the movie you can see that this is a new superman who's lost who doesn't know what he wants and now it's like okay He's super inexperienced, and then everyone gets mad when he destroys half Metropolis. It's like, guys, I would love to see anybody who can bend steel with their bare hands and then learn they can fly like a plane and then go tell me they go beat up four dudes who have the exact same strength as me but actually know how to kick my ass. That's like asking me to go to a junior karate thing and tell me to beat the shit out of all those kids. Those kids are going to kick my ass so hard. Just letting you know, martial arts, they actually are trained. It doesn't matter how strong I am. If I'm getting my, if I'm getting like a chokehold, I don't know how to break a chokehold. I mean, I probably could have the kid's arms like three inches, but that's not the point. So people are giving Superman too much shit. And I think the other thing was that it worked in this universe. Like he was just a mundane guy who had some powers. He didn't understand himself. And now we finally understand himself. The whole world turns upside down. And it's so weird when Suicide Squad, of all the movies, really say this thesis statement of the entire universe that Zack Snyder is trying to build. The world changed when Superman flew across the sky, and then it changed again when he didn't. So basically... And this dog is tenacious. <laughs> like, I'm just trying my best to just tell a story, and I'm like, I'm also just like, my my own mind and attention span is being beaten by this dog and it's immigration to this room. <laughs> it's hilarious. I love it. But, um, so basically, 
what Superman does is that he changes everything. I mean, like, Wonder Woman apparently takes place in World War One and stuff like that, but what it really does is showcase that, oh yeah, the world can have hope, and then Superman embodies that hope, but he's from another planet, and everyone's else scared, and there's this political action. Superman becomes this political person, whether or not he wants to, and I think I'm in love with this universe between Wonder Woman and Superman. Wonder Woman establishes the hope, and Superman embodies it in a way that Wonder Woman didn't on a public scale, on a global scale. Because people probably back in the day were like, Wonder Woman, women don't go in the military. And they probably just brushed that shit aside in this universe. But when you see Superman who's flying like a freaking bullet through the freaking sky, it's like, yeah, that's kind of hard to dispute right there. So then, basically, you see half the city destroyed. You see all this stuff. And, like, Superman becomes a political item. And I'm not up against politics, but I can just tell you right now, it's the most realistic take on superheroes I've ever seen. Back when Watchmen was kind of like that whole experiment back in 1986, they were kind of the whole idea. Like, what if people were... They, just because they have a costume on doesn't mean they're not perfect. And I think I like the idea that Zack Snyder tore him down because he just came off that Watchmen high that he did in 2009... So when 2013 came around, it's like, okay, let's do the same thing, but with Superman. And people were like, oh, don't do that to Superman. He's timeless. It's like, all the more reason you should do it. Because, like, if he's so timeless, I think he can survive a little deconstruction. For God's sake. It's like they did it perfectly in What Happens in the Man of Tomorrow. So what's wrong with doing it for this movie in 2013? Oh, but he kills a person. He just doesn't save everybody. It's like... Name one comic where Superman saves literally everybody. You can't. He can't be everywhere. And he's killed plenty of people in the comic. I think he's killed Zod at, like, at least three or four times, both between the comics and other Superman movies. So calm the hell down with the whole killing thing. He was gonna. He would rather see that family melted than some mediocre villain not bite it. I mean, for God's sake, cooler villains in the Marvel Universe have died for less. Tony Stark has killed so many people just because they just used his weapons. That's a pretty petty thing. It's like, oh, you have my gun? Well, say goodbye, bitch. That's basically every single death of Iron Man in every single Iron Man movie. Superman did it to protect family. And he's, he saved people. The same argument you guys just made. He saved people. And then he got mad when he saved people by killing some dude who, let's be real here, who liked Zod? Who was that one person who's like, I wanted Zod to give birth to my babies. I don't know. Fucking weirdos. People who are just so annoying. It just drives me crazy. Anyway, so basically you set that up. And Superman, he just does what he can. He he, he basically, despite the odds, he still does the right thing. And I think that's pretty damn awesome, to be honest with you. And people just have this political statement and the world just gets so divided on this guy. Just like how we're so divided on everything. It's a stab at culture that we're currently living in. You guys are talking, you guys are saying like, oh, Zack Snyder doesn't get it. It's like, he got it. You guys just don't like being made fun of. That literally anything on the internet that someone says something, that it becomes this whole thing like, what the hell's wrong with you? Why do you like Burger King fries more than McDonald's fries? McDonald's fries are superior, you fucking idiot. Like... No one can just say anything anymore. No one can just do anything anymore. And Superman being... the He fucking saves people from a rocket ship malfunction. He carries a fucking cruise liner across the, the sea in, like, sub-zero temperatures, and people are still saying, I don't know about this guy. He is saving lives that could have become tragedies. I, it, it, you can't get any more spot on with a critique of culture right there because it's our world with superheroes it's not the marvel cinematic universe world where it's becoming more like marvel and less like our own that for the entire time that even when steppenwolf and all those crazy parademons were there it still felt like it was my chicago being invaded or my new york or my gotham and metropolis that are completely made up cities and it just showcases it's a real-life event. It feels real because it is real. And I think that's just the point that they were trying to make. So if you don't like it, I mean, you obviously just didn't get it because that was the whole point, was to introduce the idea of Superman in the real world. And yeah, it's terrifying, but that was the point that they were going for, and they succeeded 
don't get mad at them that you got scared by something they wanted to scare you with. It's like getting mad at a jump scare because it startled you. I mean, I can get mad at them, but that's the whole point is to startle you. It's like you can't get mad at it for doing its job and when it does its job correctly. <gasps> okay. Just needed to take a, a little scream uh, breath right there. So the next critique is like the characters don't feel like the characters. Again, it's interpretation. And I keep having to stress that Iron Man in the MCU isn't the Iron Man from the Earth 616. I mean, for God's sake, Iron Man is a black girl right now. How much different is that from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Tony Stark? I mean, I feel like these guys are barely paying attention. Even they can say, yeah, that's pretty different. Yeah, it's pretty damn different. Don't know how much more I can really emphasize on that, how different it is. And you just keep telling me, like, okay, this Batman is like, oh, he kills. Like, Batman never kills. I'm like, okay, two things. Yes, he's killed in comics and movies before. Movies that people continuously defend. I mean, I'm not trying to be that guy, but, like, he kills the Joker in Batman 89. He kills a lot of people in Batman Returns. And doesn't he just not flat out save, like, Rachel Ghoul in 2005 and kind of lets Bane bite it and Dark Knight Rises? Nobody really got mad about those. Everyone's like, oh, that's so cool. It's like, I don't have to save you. So why is it bad now that he's killing people? It's like, okay, he lost his way. Superman is lost and he found something. Batman already had something, but he lost it. Basically, the idea of losing something is kind of the big theme here. Because Wonder Woman is the embodiment of hope and she wins the war, but she loses Trevor Steve Trevor, Superman is the epitome of hope, but he's lost and tries to find his way in the world. And when he finds it, he tries to hold on to it despite the criticism. Batman, who has been all about order since his parents got his, since his parents bled out in Crime Alley when he was an eight-year-old boy, and he's lost his way across the twenty years. I don't know about you, but like. If you were doing what you did for with Batman for 20 years, wouldn't you snap eventually? Because that's the whole thing. It's like, what if Batman snaps? What if he goes crazy? It's like, why is Batman so incorruptible? I mean, every single Superman thing we see now is like, he turns evil. Ugh. I mean, for God's sake, the popular Injustice series is all about what if Superman turned evil? Like, what if Batman turned evil? I think that would be a more interesting twist. And I love Batman more than Superman. And even I had to say... Superman turning evil is a boring story nowadays. And making Batman this paranoid psychopath, the good guy, I don't know. I think he being the bad guy of the movie for the most part was a pretty cool idea. Especially since he's a killer and a crazy vigilante, but the cops love him because he's getting job shit done. You see the point I'm trying to make here? I don't know. People just continuously bitch about stupid things, but like... You can see these characters work in this world. And I understand that you guys need to be spoon-fed stuff sometimes. Like, oh no, how is Tony feeling? And then Tony feels sad because he's frowning. And oh no, what's Tony feeling because he's telling a joke? Like, how does this pertain to the plot? You can't just throw comedy and substitute it for a good movie. These movies might be pretty controversial because thinking like, I like these movies. The Martha scene works. The movie between Batman and Superman Spawn, Lex Luthor's character was actually pretty cool because it kind of showcases these tech billionaires and how crazy they really are. I don't know. I think because of now how Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg are in the news for such negative reasons. I don't know. I think because of Lex Luthor's... I think Eisenberg's portrayal of Lex Luthor kind of showcased don't uphold these tech geniuses like gods. Because they're fucking nuts. I don't know. It's like if you guys just don't like something because it's a different interpretation. I think I'm open to interpretation. I mean, before Kevin Spacey turned out to be crazy, I liked his interpretation of Lex Luthor and Superman Returns. I think Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey were complete goofballs. But I think their t interpretation of Two-Face and Riddler were fun back in Batman Forever. Like, oh god, 23, 24 years ago? My god, I'm old. That came out when I was born. I think a little beforehand, but the point still remains. These movies are just interpretations, and 
If you guys like the Marvel Universe because it's simple and it's formulaic, then that's fine. But don't be talking shit to people who like the DC Universe because it's deep. And it shows something more to people. To me, this is a really detailed and really fun movie. And I think people need to start giving it a little less crap. I mean, now it's gone. The Justice League movie is not... The Justice League movie was a final nail in the coffin. Even though these are all pretty fun and realistic movies. Despite the fact that there are people in colorful costumes with some pretty weird powers. I liked them. And I know that I might be the very unpopular person who might be on that anthill and say, Oh my god, you're so stupid. Why? They're not Marvel. That's the point. DC wanted to tweak the formula, and I think they tweaked it just fine. Specifically when stuff like Suicide Squad, that the government does something stupid and makes these assassins and like criminals your defense force? I mean, oh my god. Tell me when they didn't do that. I mean, like, every single criminal in World War II time was pretty much drafted so to get it out of the sentence and stuff. That should be a sign that it's not going to be good because it's like, whose loyalty do they really have? Is it to themselves or to their actual country? Are they doing this because they want to believe in what they... They die for what they believe in or are they doing it just so they don't die, die in prison or they suffer in prison? It's the same thing, and it was a rash decision because it's like we can't have that many people deployed. So it's like how we just deploy these assholes in prison so we free up the prisons. Good idea. Same thing with the Superman with his many human arms race and Suicide Squad. And even though that's a really bad movie, it still worked. It's a pretty fun like idea like, oh, how about we just do something really stupid at a really short notice? That's a government 101. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. And the Justice League was basically just a little of a of a little bit of a meta flop. So you know, they assemble these other three guys who kind of don't know how to use their powers that much, or they don't want to use their powers, or they're just not experienced. They can kind of just shove them in a movie with this boring villain. And you know what? It still was a pretty fun two hours. I had fun, and it was kind of a fun meta experiment because it's like, okay, well. Who's to say they're all, we're all planned and we're all ready to go? Have you ever packed for a fucking camping trip? There's always something last second you forget. So that's what Justice League kind of was like to me. It was like the embodiment of that you're not ready, but your enemy is. The Avengers, all you had to do was call them on their phones and they showed up at the fucking helicarrier. Where they bitch for an hour and a half, they fix an engine, and they go save the world. Batman was kind of like... Okay, I'm kind of ready. Wonder Woman's like, I'm a goddess, so I'm always ready. But, like, the Flash is a kid. Cyborg is apparently dead, but he's not dead. But, like, to Batman, he was dead, so it was like, fuck, well, I don't know what else to do. And then Aquaman's a, he's a, he kind of an angsty dude who said no. So it's like, okay, hmm. But when it came down to it, when it came push to shove, like, Batman just said, hey, Hey, uh, Flash, come on. I'm like, okay. But Flash never did anything. He pushed people and ran away. He literally said that. It was like, okay, shit, we didn't have any time to train. It was kind of fun. And it was kind of cool. And like, yeah, sure, maybe bringing Superman back instead of showing what these new guys can do. Maybe that was annoying. Maybe that was a little stupid. But that's not the point. The point is that it was fun. And I had fun. And I feel like I'm going to have a lot less fun with what DC's going to turn into. It's going to turn into Marvel in a different way. They're going to do what's safe. They're not going to do what's fun. They're not going to do what's creative. They're going to do what Aquaman did right. They're going to do what Wonder Woman did right. And that's all they're going to do. They're not going to be creative. They're not going to be smart. They're not going to be anything more than what I've been getting with the MCU. Which basically is making me yawn right now. We need more movies like Venom that pushed boundaries and wasn't super awesome, but it was still a fun movie. We need more movies like Winter Soldier that actually made us think instead of stupid-ass Guardians of the Galaxy that they just tell 30,000 jokes in two hours, and I might get a laugh at maybe a dozen of them. You need to start thinking, okay, what else can I do? What else can we do? And I think it's just to appreciate this universe. It's never coming back, but appreciate what it did. Before DC movies become just as successful and kind of flat out as boring as Marvel's. 
So, I salute the DCEU, the Snyderverse, whatever I want to call it. I might call it the Snyderverse, whatever, who cares, because it's dead. It had a great run, in my opinion, and um, I blame the executives. I don't blame the director. I think Zack Snyder is a pretty interesting guy, a pretty uh, creative director. I just think I just think maybe he uh, should have had a couple more writers with him or some people to look over some stuff. I think the executives should have really kept their noses clean of this crap. But yeah, in general, I think this was a really fun little universe that was gone before its time, before it can finally properly mature. And some of the plans that he's just showcasing now, it's like now that he's free, he's just Zack Snyder's Twitter is just blooming with so many cool behind-the-scenes stuff of what could have been. And now I kind of wish what could have been versus what we're actually going to get. So I fear the future. I think everyone here can agree with me that the future is going to probably suck more than it's going to be awesome. And why not ruin superhero movies while we're at it? Woohoo! We're all going to die. Oh, whatever. But yeah, so we'll kind of get a little happier on a happier note. Whatever. So instead of being sad and being depressed that the DC universe is sad, we'll talk about a Mar- we'll talk about a universe that I think is never going to go anywhere and unlike Star Wars is actually going to have 100 years worth of fucking movies and that's the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So Avengers Endgame comes out on April 25th and Josh, I'm sorry I still haven't pre-ordered those tickets, but I will eventually IMAX we're going uh, Saturday on your birthday happy birthday in three months alright cool oh actually shit two months because it's February now awesome you're finally going to be 23 I'm sorry I'm not talking about I'm talking about Josh on Marvel anyway so what comes in July is the thing I'm actually more excited about yeah who knows Endgame who cares no, I actually do care a lot, but for those who don't know anything about Avengers Endgame but don't want to be spoiled by it, I guess, I don't know, plug your ears or something or whatever, but the thing I'm thinking is that a lot of your favorite heroes are going to die. A lot of your longtime favorite heroes are going to die. They're going to get, they're going to sacrifice themselves to save the common good. But what Spider-Man Far From Home represents, in my opinion, is going to be a really fun, is a little fun thing, and I think it's going to be how are we going to do this without all those heroes? Because you can't lean on Robert Downey Jr.'s massive money-making shoulders anymore. He's going to be, if anything, a recording or anything else. He's he's not going to be Tony Stark. Tony Stark's going to die, essentially. And Peter's going to be alone. It's going to showcase what the Marvel Universe is going to do when all these heroes are gone. And can it survive after those heroes are gone? And I'm excited way more for that than the actual movie itself. Even though Jake Gyllenhaal looks like a fucking snack with that beard. And as Mysterio in general, he looks pretty cool. And even though it's really cool to see Tom Holland back and stuff like that, because he's doing a pretty good job as Spider-Man, it's cool to see that Nick Fury is going to be the guy training him, but it's like it's kind of cool to see that the new status quo is going to be Spider-Man's the new Iron Man, technically. And I not mean by like, oh, it's because he worshipped Iron Man and he's got the Iron Man suit now. It's like, no, no, no. It's more like he's the Iron Man 1 back in 2008, but 2.0. So 10 years of Marvel movies are gone or down the drain. And now it's going to see how they're going to do for the next 10 years. And I think it's going to be really impressive. I think that they're going to do a good job. And I think if Far From Home does as good of a job as I want it to, and I think, okay, they'll be fine. It'll be great. They're grown up. I'm so proud of them. I think they're going to be doing just great. And I salute them, and I'll bid the MCU goodbye. And I'm going to probably go cry in a corner because, you know, I'll be, like, sad because this is, like, a good decade of my life that I dedicated to these heroes. And I think they're going to do just fine without me going to go see those movies every year. Especially if they do another fucking Guardians movie. My God. But I think we're almost done here. I have three more minutes, and then we're going to go to some advertisements. So, what's going on next show? I think I have an idea since Valentine's Day is near. That's close enough, whatever. I might do top ten comic couples. 
I have some ideas and stuff. And of course, my uh, girlfriend's probably going to help me wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Please help me. I have ideas. Please help me. You're better at this than me. But besides that, I think that that's going to be pretty fun because it's going to be a Valentine's Day E theme. I'm also going to talk a little bit about Combat Cast just because it was pushed back to the 5th and my show is going to be on the 8th, so it's going to be close enough to the uh, idea of relevancy. Just to kind of talk about, oh, cool, that was so awesome, right? Yeah, right. Anyway. So I think that's going to be part of that idea, and it's going to be pretty fun in that regard. So besides all that, I think we're almost, I think I'm almost done. Or if not done, now I have two more minutes. Oh my god, what am I going to do? Oh yeah, I forgot to mention, for those who have Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, please go get your Piranha Plant. It's pretty fun. That download code is going to be in your promotional box. I actually had to be on Nintendo support because they didn't send me a code even though I registered the game like early December. It's like you have to redeem it by this January 31st or else you're not going to get it. I'm like, I redeemed this shit back when I got the game and the Switch. So I redeemed the coins and stuff like that. It was pretty fun. And I got Piranha Plant. And he's pretty weird, but he's pretty fun. So if you guys are smashing and you guys don't really play Smash like I do, please check that character out. He's pretty fun. He's a lot. He requires a little bit more setup, but he's actually pretty fun. And... um he requires a lot of skill, actually. Like, he doesn't kill that easily, but that's another talk for another day when it comes to smashing. So we'll have a smashing good time. Uh, play some Smash, and don't forget to follow me and AP Radio and all their, on all their social medias, at AP Radio 2 for their Facebook, their Instagram, and their Twitter. Do you want me to mention the, G, uh, the uh, email as well? No. Okay, we're not going to mention the email. Sorry, guys, you can't email us. We refuse. And then you can follow me at Ian Hand, I-A-N-H-A-N-D, 11 at Twitter. I am a cappuccino cat with Ultra Instinct Shaggy. If you see that really weird combination, that's me. Give me a follow. Please. I need the views. Oh, my God. All right. So we're going to be kicking it out in a couple of seconds here. So... Have fun and have a great week, guys. Stay wet, stay dry, stay warm, or stay cool. I don't know how warm it's going to actually be. But, um, you know, have fun, be safe, and I'll see you guys next week on Truth, Justice, and the Ian Hand Way.